What up, though? Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast, where we talk about everything combat sports, but mainly MMA. If you want to hear a couple regular MMA fans talk about MMA history, notable fighters, up-and-coming fighters, and everything in between, then this is the podcast for you. Now, I should warn you, we're not professionals, but we are big fans of combat sports. Now, if that sits good with you, grab a beverage, sit back, relax, and let's go. Okay, everybody, welcome to Fat Boy MMA Podcast. I'm your host, DC, and of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. Hey, how's it going, everyone? So, for today's uh, podcast, uh, there's been quite a few things going on in the realm of spectacles and exhibitions. So, of course, I hit up Locke and I said, uh, you know, what do you think about uh, doing a podcast around talking about what's going on right now with a lot of these retired uh, MMA fighters and stuff like that kind of uh, going over into boxing exhibitions and whatnot. So, of course, we haven't talked about it yet. So I'm going to be hearing his opinion at the same time as you all. So I'm just going to, you know, throw it out there to him open right now. And, of course, we'll end up talking about some of the recent fights that happened and everything like that. But, you know, Locke, so what do you think about, you know, a lot of these guys, your Andersons, your Titos, your Vitors, your Woolies, all these guys going over to boxing uh, exhibitions? Well, I think just in your question, that's very, that's several different questions. What do I think of these guys going to boxing? Anderson Silva, Tito Ortiz? Okay, that's two very different <laughs> questions <laughs> as to what I think of those things. Don't no, talk I, about my hero, Tito. <laughs> I, uh, I do have a, it's one of those things where it's polarizing for me because I'm, I'm all over the place as far as my opinions on it. I like any opportunity that offers like free agency for these guys to go out and make some money and compete. And these guys are getting big, big paydays out of it, which I appreciate. We've always known mm-hmm. boxing is the money sport. And I think mo- boxing has finally done a good job of just embracing it and saying, well, you know what? Maybe you guys did rise in popularity. We're just going to scalp your talent and make them do our sport. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're back on top again, but, so I like it as an opportunity for these guys. Like I said, anything that competes with the UFC that gives them a chance to get out and make money and stuff like that, I'm for. I what I don't like is uh I think the way that some of these MMA fighters are portrayed in some of these fights. You know, in the exhibition fights. So what do you mean by the way that they're portrayed? Kind of the the way that they're built up in the hype or what do you mean or kind of the outcome of what happens? So I think with MMA fighters in this exhibition exhibition boxing world right now, I think they take a real WWE approach to the UFC fighters. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the UFC or in, in WWE, in professional wrestling, you have your, your, your faces and your heels, which are the guys that everybody loves and they're the popular guys. And they do a lot of wrestling against jobbers who are nobody that they just go out there and beat all the time. And sometimes you have to figure out how to sell these guys that you know are never going to win. And, you know, ways to do it in wrestling was always, like, portray them as a foreigner. Like, we hate foreigners, so obviously we'll hate that. Or, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Make them, mm-hmm. you know, flip off the crowd, that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of what they do with the, a lot of these MMA fighters is they handpick them because they know it's a favorable fight 
but then they sell him as a UFC MMA fighter. So I think, for example, Tyron Woodley sold more against Jake Paul. And I know it's because Jake Paul is there too, but I'm saying the general public cared more about him as a UFC fighter that was a five-time champion that was going to box the YouTuber versus when Tyron Woodley was actually fighting and nobody gave a fuck and he sold terrible numbers. You know what I mean? He couldn't sell yeah. a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. No, so I think they mm-hmm. can kind of package them as an MMA fighter when it's really a hand-picked fight, but it's like a cachet that you know is going to draw in the people's attention. Yeah, no, I definitely think they're hand-picked fights. Um, but I think that's the world of boxing, period. You know, when a guy is up and coming, pretty much all of his fights in the beginning, you know, at least the first 10 fights are all hand-picked, right? And so I think we've talked about this before uh, with with both Jake and, um, and, and his brother, Logan. You know, one of the things that they definitely seem to do is pick smaller guys, right? Um, and so that way... At the very least, they're going to have kind of the reach, height, size advantage, everything like that. Um, now, of course, um, um, before Woodley, Jake pretty much fought, you know, those weren't real fights, right? Woodley right. was a legitimate fight. Even though he was undersized, that was a legitimate fight and a legitimate threat to Jake. But it was yeah. still hand-picked, right? He's right. not going to pick the you know, the, the MMA fighter that, you know, Jake is what probably, you know, six, one, six, two over 200 pounds, you know, cuts down. He's not going to pick that equivalent in MMA or boxing. Right. So, um, at, at least no time soon. So, and the same with his brother. Right. So, um, I think that's a part of what boxing is, but I, I definitely agree with you. It's sold that way. But, you know, everything started in, in this whole MMA world with the wrestling stuff. Everything started with, with Chill. And Connor was Chill 2.0. And I don't ever see MMA going back. And now for everybody, they believe this is how you sell a fight. Doesn't matter if it's an MMA fight. A boxing match it doesn't matter if it's an exhibition it doesn't matter if it's little people wrestling right <laughs> this is how you sell a fight and um and unfortunately uh for a lot of people i think it gets them out of the game you know people like mayweather people like connor people like chill this doesn't take them mentally out of the game when they do this right but for some people like woodley I don't think that he's good at trash talk or anything at all. I think it, he's too emotional even when he tries not to show it because those emotions may not be lashing out emotions. But like with him and Jake, I do think the emotions were, I have to go out here and knock him out. And now even when you catch him with a good shot and drop him, now when you go back out, you're not boxing anymore. Everything is trying for the one shot. You know, yeah. and I think that's the emotional thing. Well, and, and I think that's one of the reasons he was handpicked, because on top of that, his fighting style has always been a little bit plotting. Like he's mm-hmm. explosive when he explodes, but it's like one punch at a time or mm-hmm. a big takedown. But 
Tyron Woodley's made a career out of fighting fairly boring a lot of times. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't throw punches in bunches. It's not his style. And I think they knew that going in, figuring if I'm the bigger guy, if I can weather some of those explosions, you know, he's not he's not a guy that's going to keep coming. Yeah, Woodley, uh, you know, even if you go back and watch a lot of his early fights, what it seems like he does, he counters for the big strike. And if the big strike hurts you, he pounces. But he waits for the big strike. And, you know, even if you go back to, um, you know, the fight with him and, um, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to forget everybody's name I'm about to name. Uh, the, the one of the original AKA guys uh, from Ultimate Fighter 1, uh, Koscheck. You okay. look at the Koscheck fight. You look at the, um, um, what's his name, that just fought this past weekend, um, uh, the, you know, that moved up in weight from, from the UK. Um, uh, Teal. You look at the Darren Teal fight, right? You look at a lot of these fights, even if you look at when he fought Wonder Boy, right? And when he finally caught Wonder Boy, he pounced. But it's like he waits for that strike to hit you with a good counter. And if that counter stumbles you at all, he's going to pounce. And that's when he starts throwing more punches or whatever else, right? So um, I definitely agree. And that goes to your point. You know, I do think that these things are handpicked. But, you know, once again, that's. That's boxing. You know, I think MMA is a different animal. I, I think MMA is handpicked too, but in a different way. MMA hand, handpicks based on whether they want to push you and make you champ quick or whether they want to take you to slow road, but it's still handpicked, right? Whereas boxing is pat the record. In MMA, the record doesn't mean as much as fighting the right guys. Right. <clears throat> so, but that's why... When I think you say, what do I think of them boxing? That's why I think it's different because like Woodley and Askren and these guys, when we talk about that, that I don't like because to me it's kind of a sad, these guys selling their legacy, you know, like as a clown, as a sideshow almost to get stomped on. But I love it for guys like Anderson Silva who was talking about he wanted to box Roy Jones Jr. back when he was still the greatest in the world. And people acted like he was ridiculous. Right. You know? Like, so I think it's great for somebody like him where where that's always been something that he's wanted to do, and it's something that he can compete at at a high level versus, like I said, you know, Ben Askren. Like, I didn't really train, and I just had hip surgery, but I could use a million dollars. I'll let you, I would take a million dollars for you to beat me up and, you know, run my legacy out there. Like, I don't like that. I would say Ben Askren was bad and Tito was bad. I don't put Woodley in that category, right? Because I think we still have a very sound, in shape, not dealing with a bunch of injuries, Woodley. Is he the Woodley of, oh, no. But I don't see it as a set case, like you said, when I look at, um, you know, when I look at Askren, who never really made a lot of money in his career, like you said, coming off of that hip surgery, looked in absolute terrible shape, you know, trained, I think, three weeks for the fight or something. You know, he did the little where he was following him around training like that was terrible. And Tito, 
obviously, you know, I always thought that Tito was a smart businessman, but he must be bad with money because it seems like he had made some smart business moves early on. Even like when he was on the Ultimate Fighter, if you remember, negotiating his contract where all of his team had to wear his, uh, you know, his uh, actual gear instead of whoever they had at that time. I don't even think it was Reebok, whoever they had. But instead, they had to wear all punishment gear, right? But a lot of things that he's done lately, you know, you question whether he's really hurting for money or kind of what's going on. And that leads me to something else that I had a question of. What do you think, like, should Tito had taken that fight at 195? What do you think about that decision? I don't think it would have mattered much. You know, I think it's, if he thought he could make it, it's ridiculous that he took it and then complained that he had to make it. Like, you signed the contract. (laughs) You can't do that. Like, just Mm -hmm. don't sign the contract. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And Anderson had competed at 205, so you Mm could have made that the clause, whatever. Um, So I don't like that he signed it and then complained about it, but I don't think it would have mattered. I think even he didn't make the weight anyways. So it's yeah. a relevant conversation. You know uh, what I mean? So it's not yeah. like he sucked all the way down and killed himself in a sauna and uh and then came out sucked. You know what I mean? No, he just is not good enough. He's not a boxer. Yeah. I, well, see I have two opinions on that. One, I don't I don't think he should have took the fight at 195. Um and I do think he sucked himself down to 200, I think is what he hit. Um, because I don't think he's that, or has ever been that good at cutting weight. And I think it's already a hard cut for him getting a 205 and that extra five pounds, I think is a lot. But to your point, you don't sign the contract at that weight. At that point in time, that's nobody's fault, but yours. And the reason why I think it was fair for Anderson to request the fight at 195 Anderson fought 90 per, 99% of his career at 185, Tito at 205. That's a meet in the middle, right? So I don't I don't see it being unfair to say let's meet in the middle between 185 and 205 uh, for this boxing. And to your point, once you decide, yes, I'll do that, don't complain and trash the guy and all of a sudden – start questioning his integrity and everything like that because that's the whole point of negotiation it's a negotiation if you can't do 195 you should have negotiated for 200 pounds then you should have said okay maybe not 205 what about 200 you fought at 205 before that's why i was at i'm comfortable coming down five pounds right now whether it would have made a difference in the fight i agree with you i don't think it would because tito has been very very slow as far as punching his entire life, even in his heyday, he was a throw a couple punches and take you to the ground, ground and pound kind of guy. Right. And, um, you know, all of his last few MMA fights, you know, he was really, really slow. Even, you know, the last win I remember him having was against, uh, Bader and Bader. Um, you know, he ended up winning that fight by, uh, what was it? Guillotine, I think. Uh, but he still looks really slow in that fight. And that was the last quote unquote good form that we saw of Tito, you know, and he's only went downhill since there and he was already going downhill. But so therefore, I don't think the fight would have been any different either. 
because I, I don't think that that was the factor as to why he lost. You got to know what weight you can make. You know, if you can't make the weight, you just can't sign the contract. Yeah, no, I and, totally agree. I'm going to tell you my opinion um, on kind of what's been going on with these exhibitions, though. What I think they're going to keep, I think it's um, something that we're hitting on now that is something that Japan really had back in the day. So, um, you know, for a lot of people that are newer to MMA that may not know or understand kind of where pride was compared to the UFC, but pride was a lot bigger. Now, I don't know about pay-per-view numbers because, of course, it was over in Japan and a lot of those things are skewed. But what I do know is... um, in America, the biggest attendance in the UFC was, uh, well, I don't think this fight was in America. I think it was in Australia or New Zealand. But biggest UFC attendance was uh, Whitaker versus Adesanya, and that was a little over 57,000, right? The biggest uh, 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 pride show was um, was actually Crow Cup versus uh, Sakuraba, and it was 91,000. And we're talking about this was back in 2002, right? So uh, what what Pride and what Japan was really good at doing was selling the spectacle. And I think we have a unique crossover right now of a, a merging between MMA fighters that's kind of retired or not making enough money or whatever, boxers that's, you know, kind of past their prime and retired and everything, and these ultra celebrities that nobody saw coming, coming out of the world of social media, YouTube, everything like that. And the the numbers, uh, when you merge those things because people want to see a spectacle, if you think about it, it's what Pride did back in the day. They took pro wrestlers, a.k.a. their big celebrities, and put them against real fighters and all type of weird size matchups and everything like that. And it became the biggest thing ever that people had to see. And I think that now in America, we're coming upon something like that. And the numbers show because although it's not the best boxer, the best MMA fighter or anything like that in the world, the numbers show that these are things that people want to see. Well, yeah, I mean, it said Jake Paul did what, a half a million buys versus Woodley? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, the the Mayweather and uh, Logan, I think that did, like, not, it didn't do Mayweather-Connor numbers, but they were pretty, I know it was over a million buys, you know, so it was a big, you know, big fight. But even looking at the, you know, the Connor Mayweather, People want to see these spectacles of these different kind of worlds of people colliding in a boxing ring. Yeah, definitely. But that's what I don't like. So I don't like the spectacle boxing that the MMA fighters are getting into. I like the guys that are actually good boxers that want to compete. So... I like Anderson Silva. I like Vitor too. I think it's good that Vitor gets a chance to, you know, I'm I'm not a huge you know Vitor fan or whatever, but boxing a little bit at the end of the career, like I mean that's his hands is what he's known for, right? 
that that brings up another question. So, of course, as we know, Vitor won his fight. Anderson won his fight on the same card. It really hasn't been talked about what's next for them. Vitor wants Jake. That's never going to happen. I think Vitor is too big, too strong. His hands are, are too fast for Jake. Jake's people to put him in that situation. So that fight's not happening anytime soon. But what about a replay of Silva versus Belfort, but now in the boxing ring? No kicks this time. <laughs> no front kick to the no, no, no front, front kick. kick to the face. <laughs> That's, Anderson Silva is the reason that Vitor Belfort went to boxing. And then Anderson Silva followed him there too. <laughs> Oh, so what do you think about that matchup? So I like it, but I don't think that's the next fight. I think that's the big fight. I think the the game plan would be better served to give them each another can or two and build some real momentum with them. And then so like a super fight against the two of them, but this time in a boxing match. No, I, I like that. I like that. Um, I want to tell you what's funny about, so, um, Vitor, you know, before this fight, actually before the Woodley fight, um, Faraz Sahabi was on a couple of podcasts and stuff, and he talked about um, kind of one of the reasons why um, certain people is likely to be on some type of enhanced substance for these fights. And he talked about how different how the UFC is now and how different that is than everything else combat sports and how MMA itself is different than boxing or these spectacles. So the UFC seems to be the most tested next is MMA kind of as a whole in America, right? Followed by boxing. And now these exhibitions, you know, he talked about basically how there's no testing that goes on with these exhibitions and of course, as we know, and and um, um, Bisbing had a whole little tirade about uh, his arch nemesis Vitor Belfort. He was like, "Oh, he's having a third. Uh, he's having a third uh, puberty peak. Look at all those muscles." So, you know, we know that they're likely to be on something, which I think also helps with. Um, the emergence over in the boxing because it's, if it's one thing that we definitely know for sure when these guys get off of whatever they're on one of the first things that seem to go other than their muscles is their chin the chin is not the same off of the drugs than on the drugs right but we know these guys have a lot of knowledge um a lot of these guys you know do have hands and can box but now you add in the fountain of youth of whatever pill or needle, you know, they're using or whatever. So um, in this world of, you know, spectacle boxing now, right, um, who would you like to see them fight? And what do you think about the fact that this is might be the thing to help them get more longevity because they're not going to be drug tested? especially like the way that the UFC is. Who who do I want to see in a spectacle boxing so, match? So in other words, who do you want to see? You mentioned uh, both Silva and Belfort having some other fights first. Who would you want to see them fight? And what do you think about, the, especially with Vitor, 
you know, the, the reemergence of TRT VTOR. Um, there's uh, TRT VTOR. He's like, uh, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers or whatever. There's always another, there's always one more version of TRT VTOR, <laughs> right? What do you think for real now it's done? You know, he Never. comes out now he's boxing, you know, yes. um, the luckiest man in the world is, uh, Oscar De La Hoya, who got COVID yeah. and had to pull out of that fight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I, I think he just assumed any boxer can beat any, any MMA fighter and blah, 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 and took the fight. And I don't think he realized how big Vitor was, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he got fucking scared and shit. But <laughs> I would like to see Oscar De La Hoya box... Uh, Woodley. Oh, I mean, like Woodley's okay. coming like off that. a loss, right? Like if that. De La Hoya wants to get back in, that's a little bit more his size, his speed. Mm-hmm. Be... I like that. I like that. The The weird part is I don't know what – I watch some of the training stuff, but I don't know what a – I don't even know how old he is now, De La Hoya. I don't know what that De La Hoya looks like, but – you know, for a lot of people that may not remember, De La Hoya was a problem. And he had, um, you know, a problem meaning for his opponents, right? He, he you know, forget about the, the soft voice and everything like that and kind of the calm demeanor. De La Hoya can fight, you know what I mean? And he had a, um, he had a style where he didn't really move back. He was a, he wasn't like a brawler. But he was a forward-moving boxer. He wasn't a counter-striker, but he wasn't a brawler. And so I think he would be a big problem for a person like Woodley. But I have no idea what he would be at his age. Matter of fact, let me see what. how old is De La Hoya. I know he's, uh, he's, he's older than me. 48? Okay. Yeah, so I don't know what a 48-year-old De La Hoya is like. And my guess is... On top of kind of what you said, my guess is De La Hoya trying to get back in shape, in particular boxing shape. He knew he wasn't going to be ready, especially for a person like Vitor. But if he's smart, he's still working. He's still moving toward it. So now he'll be in that much better shape for whoever the opponent is coming up. Well, and, you know, Woodley, they're closer in size. Woodley's a bigger guy, but Woodley's also shorter. Mm-hmm. And uh, De La Hoya is a very his boxing style would go well against Woodley, who's yes. you know what I mean, more of a slower fighter. And like you said, people forget De La Hoya. Even even Dana White admitted, like, don't sleep on De La Hoya as a boxer. He's amazing. Yeah, no, De La Hoya. Um, I mean, I was uh, I was never a fan of De La Hoya's. I was a fan of his skills and um, some of my favorite fighters, uh, you know, De La Hoya gave them some of their best fights, you know, toughest fights. Uh, Him versus uh, Tito Trinidad was, you know, great fight. I was a big Sugar Shane Mosley fan, you know, him versus Shane. Uh, I mean, he fought everybody too. him versus Pacquiao, him versus uh, uh, Mayweather. Uh, even going back, he fought, uh, you know, um, uh, um, 
if I'm not mistaken, he fought Chavez. Like he 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 fought yeah. a lot of guys. He fought Sweet Pea. Um, he fought um, he fought Mayorga. He fought yeah, Mayorga. Hopkins. Yeah, B Hop. Yeah, that was he fought B Hop. He fought uh, a, a, a fighter fighter that most people probably don't even know, Ike Corte. And I thought Corte was going to give him a really well. I kind of still think Corte won that fight. That's why I need to go back and watch. But I thought Corte was going to dismantle him because at the time he had a ridiculous jab, and that seemed like the best weapon against uh, against De La Hoya's style. But De La, Coy- De La Hoya came out of that fight victorious. But you know. I don't. I didn't see him, you know, duck anybody per se. Of course, it's always somebody going to be like, "Oh, he didn't fight so and so." You can't fight everybody, but you know, moved up in weight. You know, fighting a guy like B Hop that's a lot bigger than him. De La Hoya was legit for you know the people that don't know, and um, you know, like I said, he was a problem for a, a lot of people. So he's definitely legit, but I don't think I think Vitor, especially TRT Vitor would have been too much for De La Hoya at this stage in his age and being away from boxing for so long. I think he would have hurt him and uh, embarrassed him. Yeah, no. I, and and I, what, mm-hmm. what is up with Evander Holyfield? Who, who is his handler? Who said that this is okay to do? So he's been trying to come back for a while. He was trying to get the Tyson fight originally. And then especially after he saw Tyson Roy, he really wanted to fight and everything. And when they tried to get this this fight now sanctioned, the one that he just did, I think it was originally supposed to be in like, they were trying to get it sanctioned in California or something and couldn't and they went somewhere else uh, to basically get him to, you know, clear. But um, yeah, I think it's a bad idea. And what's crazy is... Um, after that fight, 50 Cent, you know, asked him like, oh, you know, so what do you think about fighting Tyson? You know, maybe that's the fight to make. And he had been talking about that multiple times. Tyson didn't look 100 years old in that Roy fight. Of course, he didn't like look like the old Tyson, but he didn't look 100 years old. This, um, this Holyfield just looks really, really bad, really, really slow. It looks like, you know, uh, senior citizen abuse. You know, I don't want to see him do anything with boxing. I don't want to see him against Tyson because to me, if he fights Tyson now, that would be uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell, right? Chuck Liddell had Tito Ortiz number every step of the way, and now they fight when they're really old, but Chuck just had so much more damage and didn't take care of himself, right? And we know how that ended. To me, that's how Tyson Holyfield ends. But I don't want to see those. I want to see those fights in prime or near prime, not as senior citizens. Um, <clears throat> what about Mike? What about Mike and Vitor? I would watch that. Yeah, that's not a bad fight. That's in particular in an exhibition. Yeah. If Mike is still training, because you know, you know, Mike probably had that fight and then stopped training again and have just been smoking and doing shrooms and. Uh... <laughs> it, but wasn't wasn't Rampage supposed to box Shannon Briggs? I think that's still happening. 
Yeah, I think God. that's still happening. But that that is very bad. That is a yes. very bad idea. I don't. I'm not sure that Rampage has ever met Shannon Briggs. But first of all, you know, don't sleep on Shannon Briggs. He's a serious boxer. He's a serious problem. And only the who's who has ever beat him. And the guy is like, I don't know how tall he is. He's like 6'5", you know, 260 or something. Like, I mean, you know, this is a like a big dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? That has hands the size of, uh, you know, baseball gloves. And I just don't think Rampage... I don't think this is a good look for Rampage, not to mention we're talking about Rampage that we, the odds of him coming in in shape is terrible. He's not going to be phenomenal shape Rampage. We know he's going to be heavy because it's at heavyweight. And to not be able to move and take these shots from Shannon Briggs, I think is a very bad idea. Shannon Briggs puts lights out. I think, some, I think a lot of people are sleeping on some of these boxes. I agree. Shannon Briggs is a beast. That's a terrible idea. But I think I'm going to make that like a tournament bracket. So we're going to have Tyson versus Vitor <laughs> and Rampage versus Shannon Briggs. Yeah. And then we're going to do a tournament bracket. <laughs> see, see, see how it goes from there. Yeah. Uh, and then the winner, funny. the winner gets the winner between Anderson Silva and Jake Paul. <laughs> Listen, I don't I don't think Jake Paul would I think Anderson Silva I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. I think Jake Paul progressively moving up. Anderson Silva is not a bad next move. Yet I don't think that he wants or his handlers want that fight. I, I think that's in their mind that's probably still too big of a step up. Although I think it would be a huge fight. Um, I, I know Masvidal is trying to get that fight right now. I don't think they're going to fight Masvidal either. Um, I think Masvidal is actually a bigger problem from for Jake than uh, Silva would be. Just because of his style of boxing, the way he throws punches, everything like that. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a bigger problem. But, you know... I'm not sure that either one of those would would happen. Or what do you think is the best chance of that happening? Or who's next for Jake? Well, the Anderson Silva could happen. They're both fighting for Triller, right? Yeah. Well, I think um, I think that uh, Masvidal was trying not. I think Masvidal was trying to get the UFC to do something. But yeah, so you're right. Both uh, Anderson and Jake is fighting for Triller. Right, and. Dana White flat out said none of his guys are fighting the U.S. Uh, that's why Jake Paul is safe to sit here and call all these guys out because anybody that's under UFC contract will not be able to fight him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think they both beat his ass. I mean, we could argue the semantics over which one beats his ass more, <laughs> you know, and that'd be fun. Actually, I could talk for a while about <laughs> these different guys beating up Jake mm-hmm. Paul and shit, but then Jake Paul might go out and win and that, you know, now we're the hey. fucking dummies. To hey. just promoting that shit. Listen, the only, hey, the, the kid, the kid is big and he works hard and he's fairly yeah. athletic and people keep sleeping on him and he is building a fight resume. And like you said, that is how you do it. 
Yep. You know, people think of MMA where you test yourself and you get, you know, some early losses and stuff like that. That's not the boxing model. Right. It's not. Yeah. You know, the boxing model, you know, you could be 11 and 0 and you will box a guy that's 4 and 14. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and now you're work. You know, you're working your jab. You're you're just learning. You know, you're going through training camps, that kind of thing. Yeah, so it's and sometimes it's literally up. they're just trying to get a different style than what you saw before, but they don't want to get the best at that style. They want to ease you along. You know what I mean? So, uh, but the the biggest difference is Jake Paul is getting like high level boxer paydays for building his resume. You know, and uh, but um. I've heard people, you know, talk about trying to get him to fight or saying he should fight. And they're naming like top level boxers. And I don't want to see that happen. Right. And this is the reason why the top level box, like somebody literally said Canelo. It was like, do you want, are you trying to kill the kid? Like, you know, like, like Paul said Canelo. Jake Paul said he was. Jake Paul has listen. Jake Paul was a kid sniffing glue. Okay, so we can't go off of (laughs) what what he says, right? But you know, um, I think when he did his little list, I think that list was just a part of the character of who he is, right? I don't think that was ever anything serious. I think that's the character of who he is. But um, you know, let's you know, let's not be mistaken. Canelo would kill Jake Paul and you know Canelo exactly and this is the thing whatever supplements Jake Paul may be taking Canelo has his own supplements you know what I mean Uh, a, a lot of the boxers once again because the testing isn't nobody has UFC level testing most of these guys are on something if you remember that's the reason why Mayweather was so adamant about uh, him and Pacquiao basically doing the same type of testing that the UFC does with the random all the way through and everything like that. And I will say this, and I'm a fan of Pacquiao, but whether it was Mayweather skills or the testing, Pacquiao looked the most ordinary you have ever seen him in his entire life, right? And certain people are really big on that because when they look at other fighters, they may see stuff that you, I, or the general public don't see and as we know that was a big thing with gsp and hendrix and as you know i think hendrix won that fight but hendrix was never the same after that fight and gsp left the ufc to retire and i know he had some things outside of the ufc but that was a big factor he thought there were too many guys basically cheating and using drugs and until something was put in place to create an even playing field, he didn't want to do it. And he gave the same type of offer that Mayweather did with Pacquiao. You know, he said he would pay for all of the testing. So it wasn't even going to cost Hendricks anything. You know what I mean? So I think that's a big factor. But, you know, Canelo has supplements from, you know, Mexico meat, you know, (laughs) Mexico (laughs) beef or chicken or whatever the claim was. So. The horse meat, was it? <laughs> I think horse meat was, uh, 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 what's his name? Heavyweight, uh, UFC, um, oh, uh, Overeem. 
Overeem. Yeah, Overeem was the horse. It's all your guys. Yeah. Your guys. Hey, hey, hey! Some of my guys like supplements. I don't know. That's why say. you were a Pride fan. You're you are <laughs> exactly. a Japanese fight fan. Yes. You just want to see big guys with big muscles hey. and fucking and big muscles, tattoos, and spectacles. Hey, I'm with it though because look, people talk a lot of shit about Barry Bonds, but if I go to a baseball game, I want to watch the ball hit into the San Francisco Bay. Right, you know what I'm yeah. saying, and they're and they're out there with the canoes, right? Exactly. To go get the ball. Exactly. You don't even see that you know? anymore. Yeah. Nobody wants to watch, <laughs> you know, Skinny Barry Bonds leg out a double. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. Juice up. Let's do it. I think it, it, what they need to do is do MMA. Just do an unlimited division. You know what I mean? You know, Vitor wants to do what he wants to do. Yeah. You know. It's like a, it's like the MCU. He's like a super villain, you know, like TRTV door. He let him out of a cage. Yeah, I think day. you can do like um you know how in uh in your favorite sport Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, <laughs> you know how they have like the the uh the uh unlimited class or what do they call it? They don't call it um, they call it the um absolute, right? Where you have like your individual class or whatever and if you win that you can go to the absolute they should have something like that for fighters where it's like, we're not testing. This isn't uh, like you have a bunch of stuff that's just not there. And if a person wants to go over there and test themselves, they can. And it's one of those things where it's open. It's understood. You're not saying go do drugs, but hey, if you do do drugs, we're not testing. I mean, if you think about it, that is how Brazilian jiu-jitsu is. I don't think there's anybody in high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu today that's not on some type of supplements, right? You know, it's, you know, all of the, you, you watch those guys, especially, you know, your, your, um, your, uh, uh, Gordon Ryan and a lot of those guys, you look at how big and solid they got, how quick. And when you're doing that much jiu-jitsu and rolling all the time, it's hard to build size because you're burning so many calories. So when you get see those guys get really big like that, or you see, um, I forget his name, Brazilian dude, like his neck is, is still like bigger than his head. And, and you see those guys like that. I mean, when you're doing a lot of jujitsu and rolling, it's a lot of kind of cardio and everything like that. It's not easy to build size. Most of those guys are on some type of nice supplement. Maybe. I don't know. Some people are built to grapple, though. Look at wrestlers. You know, you go to the Midwest. Just go anywhere in Iowa. You know, and go find a wrestling room. And you're going to find a guy with a neck that just spends his whole day grappling, expending entry. It's just, you know, still has a, a neck the size of a horse. Sure. I, I agree. I think I think the world, one, I think the world of wrestling has a lot of drugs in it. But also, yeah. I think the world of wrestling is different. You know, one of the big reasons why the old school thought process of the Midwest wrestler is what it is, was the Midwest were the hard kind of the, um, the blue collar workers and everything was that blue collar thought process of everything. Right. And there was a lot of hitting the weight room really hard. There was a lot of things that went into that. But um, as we know, a lot of those wrestlers, especially the ones that went over to MMA, were the ones that always got popped for drugs. I don't think a lot of those guys are clean, right? Um, but um, I do think there's a few factors in there, but especially today, modern day, and, and this is something Farah Sahabi said, which I totally believe. If you're in 
any type of sport that's not drug tested and you're trying to make the most money for your family and everything like that, who's not going to experiment? There's very few. I'm not saying nobody wants. I'm saying there's very few people when you're talking about millions of dollars on the table and no drug yeah. testing, that's not going to take something. Yeah, you may not be, you know, taking Mr. Olympia, you know, bodybuilding level drugs, but, you know, you might get a little, little HGH shot, call up Joe Rogan, get you a little HGH shot, or, you know, a little TRT. I mean, yeah. Well, even besides that, they, they said in baseball when it was rampant through there, it was a lot of these guys also that were clinging to a roster spot where it's like, if I lose yeah. this roster spot, I get sound to the if I get sent down to the minor leagues, I'm done. If I'm here, I'm making nine hundred grand this year. You know, I'm not playing a ton, but yeah. I'm making a living. Like I cannot afford to get cut. Yeah, or, I think minors they make I like juice fifty, a forty, fifty thousand a year or something. It's like it's sometimes it's small, not even man. that. You're on a bus league. You know, sometimes yeah, they'll put you on a monthly pension. True. And you're only paying a couple months out of the year, you know? That's true. You're driving yeah. a bus around. Yeah. You yeah. were you were pitching for the fucking Yankees, you know? Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what's funny. That's the thing about it. I mean, some of the most spectacular moments that we saw in MMA was before drug testing. The only problem is the guy that's not on drugs. So we need to mandate that everybody's on drugs, right? <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, I think well, we no, saw some of the best MMA, some of the best baseball, some of the best, a lot of this stuff, when it was just open. It's it's not really questioned. You just do take it if you want it. You don't mm-hmm. have to, but just know that everybody else is. So, Yeah, I think, and I think the problem with that, especially like I said with your gsps or even your um you know mayweathers and a lot of these people the issue becomes when you're in your absolute prime and you're young it's not a problem if you're a physical specimen it's not a problem the problem is as you get older and everybody else doesn't when you're 37 yeah when you when you're vidor belfort you know, wheel kicking, <laughs> you know, wheel kicking, uh, 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 um, uh, rock hold, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, what's his Bisbing's, you know, eye out his head, you know, Bisbing had literally has a fake eye because of Belfort, you know? <laughs> so, um, I think a lot of that is where the issue comes into play. And as we know, when TRT was there, a lot of those old guys, it was like, man, how is this guy still around? How is he that good? As soon as they removed TRT, every single one of those guys folded up, you know, and yeah. the the new regime was ushered in. So all of a sudden, Vitor wants to go back to middleweight. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and that that shoot that Vitor almost beat, you know, arguably the greatest, you know, the uh, uh, of all time, uh, uh, um, uh, John Jones, you know, pop John Jones arm, you know what I mean? So that same TRT Vitor, cause I think that was the fight after that fight or one fight after is when he dropped back down in middleweight. So, you know, that, that Vitor, I don't think people understood how scary and dangerous he was and to, even be in a position like that against a specimen like John Jones, 
who he gave up a lot of size, range, and skill to, just talks about, or you know, it it helps you understand what these type of drugs can actually do, you know, for or to a person. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh well, because one thing I do want to say, and I want to, I know this is about the exhibition boxing or whatever. And I've already mentioned it on the podcast before, and I'm not trying to hijack it, but I think hijack it. <laughs> for MMA fighters, boxing, the exhibition boxing is a thing, you know, and for some people, like I said, like Anderson Silva, um, you know, Vitor Belfort, these are guys that had dabbled with boxing in the past anyways, I say go for it, but I think the better option and a big option out there now is uh, the bare knuckle boxing, man. Yeah, the um, you know. I don't know about a lot of the women in bare knuckle boxing. They seem to attract some of the more attractive women and bare knuckle boxing is probably the last thing you want to do. Yeah. It's probably better for you getting hit in the head because you don't have the big gloves where people can hit you really hard, but there's a lot of damage done with knuckles to your face. Right. (laughs) But for what you said, no, I totally agree. Um, the only thing I would say that's that's different is because it seemed to be good paydays too is how many of those paydays you can get that's sustainable for your lifestyle because I do think that there's more damage that you have to heal from in bare knuckle boxing. In regular boxing and MMA, the issue is the long term damage. You're not gonna yeah. see it right now. In bare knuckle and everything like that. It's the sh- like your hands get really beat up, you know. You may not even be able to train for months, right? Yeah. Let alone in something like MMA where you can take a fight every, you know, four months, three to four months, right? Um, so I think that's a factor. Uh, but and I think that if more people get in the bare knuckle, I think the skill level will go up because you have to be better at placing your punches, not to break your hand, right? Right. Uh, but that said, I agree with you. I think it's another avenue and I've checked a few of the bare knuckle boxing, uh, fights. I think it's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. I think it's a good rival to, uh, Triller and kind of the spectacle. Absolutely. Yeah. So other than that, um, I pretty much covered everything that, you know, I want to talk about, throw one last thing out there that I think is dope about the spectacle, and I think one of the things that it takes on in the MMA aspect versus the boxing is records do not matter. It's all about the matchup, which once again, I think goes over to like the early days of pride and just fighting in Japan, which, you know, I like. There's a lot of matchups I would love to see that never happens because people are at two far ends of the spectrum of ranking or or uh, a record or whatever else that I want to see. I want to see good matchups. And as we know, styles make fights. So, yeah. Did you answer what the, uh, the exhibition match you wanted to see was? Um, well, I kind of did with a question, but <laughs> I like your, what you said to that. The next thing that I wanted to see, I thought it would have been really dope to have Silver versus Belfort. But I think yeah. what you said makes more sense. Let both of them get maybe two, three wins and then build that up as a big thing. 
Um, I think that, you know, especially looking at how those fights ended and the fact that they are doing exhibitions, I think they easily can get, you know, two to three fights in over the next year and a half, right? And make it a 2023, you know, do do like uh, like they do over in Japan, make it a 2023 New Year's Eve event. So they got the rest of this year and all of 2022 to get like three more wins and then have a big New Year's Eve event, dream, pride, Japan style. That's what I say. I like that. Any last words? Um, one of the ones that we I forgot to mention, uh, that rapper Blueface. Yeah, he does a uh, bare knuckle boxing. He won his fight too. He did, but I mean, yeah, he he fought a guy that um, I thought he was gonna be fighting. I forget what he said, but I thought he was gonna be fighting like somebody that at least seemed like they could fight. The guy that he fought. That just really wasn't a fight. And I get it because Blueface is not a fighter. But um, I would have picked a very different opponent for him. Now, that said, you know my opinion on boxing and MMA. I respect everybody that's able to step into there. Because I think all too often people sit on the sideline and they don't really understand what it takes to step into that ring or that cage. So I respect both fighters. But... I would have picked a very different fight for him. Uh, that's all I'll say. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Anything else? No. Um, that's it. Okay. Well, that wraps up another uh, great episode of the MMA, uh, of the Fat Boy MMA podcast. Thanks and have a good one. That wraps up another Fat Boy MMA podcast. If you have a topic for us, please email us at fatboymma55 at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media by going to links.fatboymma.com. That's links.fatboymma.com. Thank you for listening.